0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thought Shared Souls Baird. I'm Katie. And I'm Jill. And hopefully our audio sounds better today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were testing some things out because the way I edit this podcast, it's uh, difficult to get the audio right. But that's literally what a podcast is, audio. <laughs> yeah. um, before we get into this, um, please, if you have not already, like... Or what is the what is it? It's comment. No, you can rate, Suscri- rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like like <light> comment share. <laughs> we're professionals. We know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, please. Uh, and also follow us on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, where we ask questions and we actually have some responses to the questions we put out for today's episode, and we're going to be talking about those. And uh, Jill, what is today's episode all
1: about? Today's episode is all about our favorite directors, theater directors, cause there's a difference.
0: <laughs> there's a very big difference between a Broadway, a theater director and a television and film director. But before we get into that, is there any Broadway news that we should talk
1: about? There is, there is <gasps> so much Broadway news. Uh,
0: Love, okay, hit me with it.
1: Okay, so on December 10th, there will be a night of Broadway hosted by Tina Fey on NBC. Starring, uh, it's got performances by Chicago, um, Tina the Musical, Mean Girls, um, Jagged Little Pill, I believe, and a whole bunch more, and a whole bunch of Broadway performers. And the Broadway performances are all like pre recorded. like, really awesome performances that are done in the streets of New York City, which I think is going to be so much fun, and I'm Wait, they're doing it in the streets? They pre- they're, they like, pre-recording performances in the streets of the city. I love that. I'm obsessed. I'm so excited. I'm
0: so excited. We still do not have a date for the Tony Awards, and uh, CBS is just, like, not going to give it to us. The Drama League says, mmm some tuesday thursday april august autumn winter next year some year maybe (laughs) what is that time heals everything
1: from follies something like that yeah it sounds right (laughs) oh god
0: oh my goodness so that's the one big thing that everyone has to look forward to i'm so excited for it i can't wait and then this comes out the week of thanksgiving so the macy's thanksgiving day parade which we talked about last week um very exciting. We're still getting a little bit of feeder content, which is excellent. Love yes. to hear it. Love to hear it. But I think that's like the main thing in regards to Broadway News. So yeah. So let's just Oh
1: wait, come- wait, wait. The Hades Town Christmas album came out.
0: Oh the Fates, uh what's it called? The Fates
1: The Fates. The fates decide.
0: Somewhere. Let me, let me look. The fates allow, allow the fates. It's definitely a play on words. If the, fates, the fates allow. If the fates allow, which is yeah. cute. Love that yes. play. Love it. So, those are the two things we have to look forward to. I'm excited. I'm so excited about the night of Broadway.
1: Tina Faye. I'm
0: very very excited. I'm very intrigued that Tina Fey is hosting it but
1: it makes sense. Yeah, I, um, that was my one thing, because I was, like, I said this very bitterly. I have, I'm not the biggest Tina Fey person. Um, I appreciate the things that she does, but I'm not the biggest Tina Fey fan. The only, like, Tina Fey project I genuinely enjoy is Kimmy Schmidt. Um, and so, like, when I saw the news, I was, like, could they get absolutely no one else? Like I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Well,
0: but that makes me.
1: I'm not a big Tina Fey person.
0: It makes sense because it's NBC, and then that's where Thirty Rock was. That's where um, SNL was. It's where um, right, which
1: it makes sense. Right, but there's also there's also so many other people that could have done it I think like I think that there are just so many options right now with no one else doing anything
0: I think think Tina Fey is a big enough name that she'll bring something in and then people know Mean Girls and that's who's performing and so that's their connection so it makes sense it's kind of like how I don't know people thought that she was gonna host the Tonys one of those years was it the 27 no it couldn't have 2017 is when Mean no it wasn't Mean Girls was in D.C. at the end of 2017, so it wasn't that year. Anyway, the 2017 Tony's are a
1: mess. They were 2018-2019 season, I thought. Oh, yeah.
0: No, they were the 2017-2018, because they opened March or April of 2018. That's right, okay, yeah. Because they were in D.C. in November of 2017. That's right. That's what I thought. Anyway... That's right. Let's get into it. Jill, who are your favorite Broadway directors, or theater directors in general?
1: My all-time favorite is Alex Timbers, um, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, Beetlejuice, Moulin Rouge, many others. His credits are amazing. Um, I don't know, like, I've been trying to think, because I was like, that's the one that, like, stands out for me, I guess.
0: Um, is there something about his work that you just love? Like, is there a certain character or quality to his work that you just
1: find? It's like he, ah. he loves a spectacle and that's like, but not a spectacle in the way that's like tacky. Like it's like, every time <laughs> he does like a show that's like a big spectacle. It always just looks amazing. Like everything about it is just like beautiful. And it's like, I don't know, like, my first introduction to him was simultaneously Beetlejuice and Moulin Rouge, obviously. That I feel like that's when like a lot of people started to like really like that's when he started to become like a household theater director, like name. Um but he Like, I don't know, there's just something about, and the way that, like I'll watch like interviews and stuff of his, and it's just like the way that he talks about things is just like, he's such a genius. Like everything he does is so genius to me. And the way that he works with people is just really, really interesting to me. I don't know. He's just very much an artist and I like that.
0: That's great. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I saw Moulin Rouge and Beetlejuice Uh, a couple days apart, and there is definitely a, a kind of connection you can tell within them. It's definitely over the top. It's fun, but it's controlled. It's not too outlandish that it seems like you're watching a cartoon. It Mm -hmm. somehow is able to feel over the top, but grounded. Yeah. Which I think is a great quality. Oh yeah. My top one, I listed three. I have three favorite directors. And I think you'll kind probably of... agree with me on this yeah. last one. Uh but the first one is Michael Arden. Michael Arden, I have seen so much of his work. I absolutely adore what Michael Arden has brought as a director to theater. Um, The first show I ever saw of his was Deaf West Spring Awakening uh, when it was in Beverly Hills. I saw it so it was five and a half years ago. I think it was June of 2015 I saw it and and it was absolutely mind-blowing. I saw it with my friend Danielle and we were sitting there and it was my first time ever like seeing a performance of Spring Awakening, obviously I knew the show, but the way it was done and the way he so seamlessly worked in and was able to connect the deaf community with Germany in the 1800s, I think was, it's like, how has this never been done before? It's so, it was so, I wanna say flawless the way it was done, it was so beautiful, I think, just watching that blew me away. And then I saw, oh my goodness, 20, I'm trying to like think what I saw there. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think, I think then the next thing I saw that he directed was Stephen Sondheim's Merrily We Roll Along,
1: mm-hmm.
0: also at the Wallace and Beverly Hills. And it was, I I was just like sobbing from the end or from uh, opening doors onwards, I I couldn't control myself. And the way he was able to make this show that was at that point 35 years old feel so current and feel so new, even though it clearly takes place in certain time eras, Mm -hmm. I think was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, not to mention like the cast was insane. Like it was Wayne Brady and Donna Vivino and yeah. Aaron Aaron Lazar uh and uh Secon Sangbla. Uh, it was absolutely a phenomenal cast. But I, I think what's so great is that he has these small theaters that he can really work with. Because I think the Wallace is oh I don't know how many seats. It's just, it's a rather small theater. And It is, it was so amazing. And then, so he finally was able, well, actually, because Spring Awakening transferred to Broadway. uh, But then he was able to direct uh, Once on this Island. Mm -hmm. And that was the first, like, actually immersive show of his that I saw. And he really prides himself on, like, doing immersive theater. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about that. And so he did What's on this Island and the way you just felt a part of the show was beautiful. He, he enlisted an incredible creative team from costumes and set and then his actors, he, and then uh, costume, set, lighting, everything worked wonderfully. I think What I find so wonderful about The Ones On This Island revival is that he really understood the story from a, these are people, these are storytellers. These aren't just characters. These are people who are telling the story. So therefore it gives you more freedom to play. So it gives you the opportunity to say, yes, this, tangled group of wires is Erzuli's crown, and this, this, um, this, I don't even, like, tarp or whatever is Asaka's skirt, and it was also playing with gender by having, um, Merle Dandridge play, oh my god, what is the character's name? I can't, uh, uh, Papa Faye, uh, by having Merle Dandridge play Papa Fey and having Alex Newell, who identifies, um, as a cis man play Asaka, having those two mix with gender and having, it was, I, it was mind-blowing. I think that, and then the show won Best Revival, so, like, clearly it (laughs) breached other people too. Yeah. And then I think the next thing I saw of his was I, I'm I'm lucky he's done a lot of things in LA so that I've yeah. been able to see them. Cause then he did I think it was oh god. He directed Annie at the Hollywood Bowl. And again, once more he he was able to enlist which okay for anybody who doesn't know, Hollywood Bowl shows are put together in 10 days. They are put together so quickly because they only do three performances over a weekend. And it's always like the last weekend in July. It's great. So sometimes they can feel a little like funny, but the fact that he was able to get together not only an insanely talented group of children, and I've said it before, watching children perform makes me uncomfortable, Yeah, but the way he was able to, like, enlist this group of children, I think, was so good, and then also, he had, like, Lea Salonga, and, um, and, oh my god, David Ellen Greer, and all of these people, it was so, and on a gas was Miss Hannigan, like, it yeah. was an insane group of people, uh, and Annie, I mean, Annie is Annie, you know, <laughs> yeah like (laughs) Um, it's like there's not really there's not much to it but the way he was able to do it I think was phenomenal Mm -hmm. Allie Stroker was star to be which I like that he was bringing in people from his past work I love that yeah um and then I think the last thing I saw of his was a Christmas Carol with Jefferson Mays which they're doing a live or it's not a a live stream but they're recording it and Mm -hmm. they're going to be uh selling tickets they're basically benef-
1: filming it as like a film
0: yes and it's uh going to be the purchase of the tickets is going to benefit a bunch of nonprofit uh feeders across the country including the one that i know of in um southern california it's going to be helping promote or helping raise money for south coast repertory which is a mm-hmm. phenomenal 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 organization
1: but the way, it's only like $20, like tickets, yeah, you get them
0: through like today ticks, like it's, yeah, it's it's like 20, it's definitely affordable, but it's a, so it's a one-man show, and the way you, I felt every single emotion during that show, and like, I like, like I like Christmas, and I am well aware of like A Christmas Carol and all the iterations of it, But the way Jefferson Mays plays every single character, it's exactly how you'd imagine, like, I don't know, a grandfather or somebody reading you the story and then acting out each and every bit. But there are parts when it gets... He is a phenomenal actor. Every Every time I think
1: about him, I think of his character in SVU, which I think is one of the, like most incredibly written characters in that entire show and because like he was a um me turned like like he was a psychopathic me or sociopathic i can't remember who like went on like this freaking killing spree like he was like it's he was so good like he was amazing in svu i mean, think about that a lot like i go back and rewatch those episodes so often because they're so good
0: jefferson mays uh, absolutely is one of the... I wouldn't necessarily call him, like, a hidden gem, but he's, like, consistent.
1: He's not a household name, and I think that he deserves to be. Like, I think... Exactly. Deserves, yeah.
0: His talent level absolutely deserves to be. Amazing. But the way, the way Michael Arden directed A Christmas Carol, there are parts where it gets so dark and so quiet, and there are parts where it's so loud. It's, yeah. It was so... But it, it in the right ways... It was, it was amazing. And I, I can't say enough great things about Michael Arden. He was one of the first people to, during this pandemic, say, how do I continue to make theater? Yeah. And he created he forest this. Forest of Arden. Exactly. He created Forest of Arden and had this drive-through theatrical experience back in like June mm-hmm. where he, and he enlisted a, like a, a, a company of people and they'll, isolated to uh separately then they all went to some place i don't know where but it was somewhere in upstate new york um they all isolated separately
1: i want to say it was like in the catskills but i'm not a percent sure where thinking that's what i
0: was thinking but i wasn't sure Uh, because
1: i follow jody mcfadden and um oh my
0: god uh like chris rodriguez but, yeah, like, in Chris that Ed. company was Chris Rodriguez and Nikki, uh, Nikki M. James. That's and who Fo- I was thinking of, Nikki. That's who I was thinking of. Who was his, um, like, co-choreographer, like, co- assistant director, something. She was on the creative team for Once on this Island, Eamon Foley. And
1: Christmas Carol. Yeah. She's working on a Christmas Carol with him. Oh, really? Yeah, she's been posting on Instagram that she's been working with him.
0: That's great. And then Eamon Foley, I know who even Foley was in the company. He was in 13 at the musical, yes. which I always forget. And I'm always like, oh my God, that little boy. <sighs> and then he, but he's switched now mainly to doing like choreography. Mm-hmm. And I think he did the choreography for, um, I think he did the choreography for Michael Arden's Merrily Roll Along. I want to say he helped with choreo for um, Annie, but I can't be sure. Uh, but yeah, so he and he's enlisted these people and he's like, How do we continue to make art and how yeah. do we change it? And he's really, really gotten more into immersive art and I love immersive theater. That is my yeah. jam. Yeah. So I could talk about Michael Arden for the rest of my life and never say enough words. <laughs> he's my favorite.
1: Yeah. I just thought of another one though while you were talking.
0: Um I was talking for this a long one time.
1: This will do it.
0: I said I was talking for a long time.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, So I saw, I had the honor of seeing Company at Barrington Stage. And I, Company means a lot to me. Company is my all-time favorite musical. It means so much <laughs> to me. And that production was so good. And it's like, I don't know what it, I don't know how to describe why it was so good. But it just it was really, really, really good. The whole cast was amazing. The everything was just so good. And I loved um Julianne Boyd was the director for that. I think she's like the household director for uh Barrington Stage, if I'm not mistaken. I could she's be like the artistic director? Yeah, I believe that she's like yeah. Um yeah look it up. Um keep talking but I loved how like, simplistic comp- Company is a simplistic show anyways, because it's such, like, a very Yeah, aggressive. she's the artistic director. Okay. Um, but Company, in its story and in its, like, growth through, like, in Bobby's growth throughout the whole show, Company is a very deep and, like, meaningful show, and so it's a very simplistically written and very simplistically
0: produced most of the time. Well, because wasn't it not written to be a musical, it was more written to be, like, a song cycle.
1: Yeah, so, like, a concert type of thing. So, which is how it usually is produced, like, with Raul Esparza and Neil Patrick Harris. Those productions were more of, like, backed up by, like, philharmonics and, like, orchestras and things like that, and just kind of, kind of played out on a stage. Um, but this production was more involved, like, because it was an actual, like, it was actually produced as a musical. Um And it just like, I don't there wasn't a second that I was in that theater that I wasn't feeling something. Like it was just so well done. And then like to piggyback off of that is Marianne Elliott, who directed um, the Gender Bank Company on the West End and the new revival on Broadway. And I am so excited. That's one of the first shows I'm going to see when Broadway reopens because That was already on my list to see anyways this year. And so um, that's definitely going to be one of the first ones I see because Bobby's, like, a dream role of mine and always has been. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, and so now it's been written to where I could play Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's just, like, so good. Like, what I've seen of, like, the West End production, what I've seen of the Broadway production, it's just so... So good. And like what I've heard of it, and it's just, ugh, it makes me so happy. Like everything about it makes me melt. I'm just so excited about it. However, I do have one issue with it is the fact that Bobby was originally gonna be written as bisexual and then they just took that up. That makes me very angry because I've always thought that Bobby would be bisexual, but it just like isn't in the show. But I think it would have been so good to have like, oh, Jenner Bent and she's bi. That would be so amazing because I think it was Jen Colella actually auditioned for one of like the three like boys, in. Well,
0: is it? I I haven't. Beth Malone. S-
1: it was Beth Malone. That's who it was. I think.
0: It's one of those characters where. Why why can't they? I right, mean, in exactly. future... Like in future productions, somebody leaves, they just replace it woman, and it, it, yeah. Yeah. Like they, that's what I they do with because, um, that's what they did with Joe in um,
1: Waitress. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think it would, like, I just, every time I like listen to company, I'm like, why can't this person be bisexual? Like, I was like, there's so, like, who cares if they are anyways? And so it's just like, I think that it would just work really, really well. And it would normalize, like, I think it would be done in a way that like it's not like oh hey she's bisexual it would just be like this is just how it is like this is just yeah
0: you don't have to her, point it out it's just right this is, is just
1: one of her love interests and i think that it would be the perfect show to do that and i just i really I agree it. I, and i think katrina link would be the perfect person to do that with and i'm really sad that that didn't happen but who knows it might happen i'm in love with katrina link i'm just gonna say that maybe it's just because i'm in love with her i don't know katrina like, <laughs>
0: is a phenomenal
1: performer. She's incredible. And like, I watched her, um, there's like a performance that she did where she sang Being Alive and it brought me to tears. Like, I, well, that song never, okay, that song always brings me to tears no matter what. <laughs> <It laughs> Being Alive like, is a, a tear a jerker. That's my all-time favorite musical theater song. I think it's the best song ever written. Um, but I, there was just, the way that she did it is just so, anytime she sings just makes me cry. She's just like, She's so good. She's amazing. But that's not what we're discussing. I mean... <laughs> I could talk about Katrina Link for like six hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me talks about Michael Arden. You talks about Katrina Link. It what? happens. <laughs> Look, it happens. And it's fine. She's um, so, good. so my second director that I have uh, written down is Rachel Chapkin. Yes. I Rachel Chapkin is another person who thinks about theater in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. What, what what What's interesting about both my garden and Rachel Chavkin, and I'm sure other directors that I'm just not thinking of them, but the two of them like to use the same people. It's almost like they're creating their own. Like troupe, like, yes, exactly. Because Rachel Chavkin, you know, likes, to have things. I mean, okay. So Rachel Shavkin did uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. And then she did um, *Hades Town*. I don't know why my brain <laughs> would not let me think of it. I'm like, I'm picturing everything in my head. I'm just like, what is that name? I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, she, so she does, she does, she does, she goes from Great Comet in 2017 on Broadway. And then in 2019 on Broadway, she has *Hades Town*. Both are two shows that were absolutely highly praised by critics. Uh, mm-hmm. Comet was, is on the weirder side, but that totally makes sense because it's Comet. And- It's steampunk, sh- sh- steampunk it's, in and of itself. Is like it's weird. <laughs> like weird. It's so weird because, and I, and I, and again, it goes back to the whole immersive, idea yeah she likes to expand into certain areas she likes to look at theater in a different way hers is more gritty and -hmm. she likes to make these people feel real she likes to show a different part of the world and a different group of people on stage Comet uses a lot of like eccentric quote-unquote eccentric looking people rather than Mm -hmm. your typical clean-cut Broadway person and she likes to in she likes to use a lot of people of color in main character like performances and I feel like
1: she's very much one of those people who is just like she's very interested in human beings like I feel like absolutely that's just the type of person that she is. And I love people like that because I'm like that. And like, I just love learning as much as I can about people because like, I love hearing stories and I love like just learning about people that I wouldn't normally like interact with, I guess on like a daily basis.
0: And what I think is so great about what Rachel Chatkin does in regards to the casting process is she allows the audience to suspend their disbelief you're like yeah it makes sense that uh like you don't even question why Danae Benton was cast as Natasha or you don't question why Amber Gray was cast as Helene you don't question why those two actors were cast as what has for all of time since the book was written been portrayed as white people and they are not Right. Same goes for, like, Dolokhov and all these things. Anyway, I am obsessed with it. And then even going into Town, I think even Town gives you more freedom to say, hey, we don't need to keep portraying these people as white
1: because yeah. they're myths. So why... Exactly,
0: exactly. Why, why can't they be...
1: And it's like they're not... And, like, they're Greek myths. So it's like mm-hmm. that even adds to it because it's like how often do you like see like in movies like hercules and things like that how often do you see people all looking the same
0: they all look exactly the same they all look like they're they're like not even mediterranean right which the is they look like they're like the only northeast europe the only character that i
1: think genuinely looks mediterranean would be like meg and that's just because like the hair and her skin color like her skin tone is more, like, olive-y, um, mm-hmm. and she has so much hair, and, like, my friend, my best friend, who is, um, Eastern European Greek, <laughs> science, she's got so much hair, and it always <laughs> just makes me laugh, and so I'm, like, literally, you're like, like, I love this, because Hercules is, like, my favorite
0: Disney movie, oh, uh,
1: Hercules but-
0: was absolutely my favorite Disney movie, I broke not only the, the VHS, I broke the VHS, the VCR, and, like, the TV, yes <laughs> the same like watching it too many times yes well, the tv was that. fine but the v it was one of those like vh or vcr tv combo so the oh yeah there was built into the tv and yeah. i put her, what her- a I, watched throwback. It, it just, I watched Hercules way too many times and the vhs got stuck in there and then so for the remainder of us having that tv it was always trying to eject like it would just randomly oh. you'd hear it just go like trying that to happened, eject and there'd be nothing that happened in there
1: with um I think our Cinderella one did that because <laughs> I watched Cinderella's not even my favorite Disney movie like it's Hercules but Cinderella's my favorite princess so that happened a lot and then I think probably Peter Pan did too um yeah we had a few that did that solely because of me <laughs>
0: probably <laughs> I'm like I just wanted to watch Meg dance around with a rose and singing I won't say I'm in love like that's all I wanted the best Disney song I like my mom by that. my mom like handed me a fake rose I don't know what she was doing with them and I'm oh like okay perfect and I'm, I'm like six years old and I'm like okay perfect now I need to watch uh Hercules like Naturally. that's what my mind connected to I love yeah. Hercules um yeah. I think Rachel Chakin would be a great director for Hercules.
1: I agree. I am so I... upset that I never got to see Hercules in the
0: park. Oh, big same, big so same.
1: Upset. My friend got to see it though. I'm really happy that she got to. Okay, it.
0: she was so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the thing is like though it was a Public Works production rather than just like your typical, um, which I think is great. Like, yeah absolutely like no like ill will towards it but public works can tend to be or I, from what I've heard public works can tend to be a little like disjointed yeah and not smooth so I think if we had like an actual professional production like typical production I think it'd be beautiful yeah. and I would love to see Rachel Chavkin direct that yeah um so yeah I again Rachel Chavkin amazing Amazing. Um, and then the third one I have on here, and I think that you'll agree with this, is Diane Paulus, Waitress, Pippin. Yes.
1: Okay. It took me a hot second to get there. She is so the sorry. artistic
0: director. She's the artistic director of Art American Repertory Theater. Oh, okay, yeah. And so she, so she, the things that have come out of Art, uh, like Waitress and Pippin and Jagged Little Pill. Hmm. I think have all been they all have like a similar like almost whimsy to them yeah they 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 are all kind of like your classic Broadway but there's a a similar like thread through it that is Mm -hmm. almost whimsy so that's why I I like her also I'm just like like, I
1: love waitress
0: I just I love waitress I love Pippin valid her her production of Pippin blew me away I saw it twice in one week yeah and like I saw it with my dad and and I don't think Andrea Martin so again going back because I do live in Southern California for whatever reason and you know what no not for whatever reason for business reasons a lot of some of the times not a lot of the times but sometimes in a big show Mm -hmm. A star will come on just for the L.A. tour stop. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Or, so that's what happened with In the Heights. Lynn came in and played Usnavi. Um, But for the L.A. tour stop of Pippin, they brought back in Andrea Martin. And she replaced Lucy Arnaz for just the L.A. production, I think. And then Matthew James Thomas was already playing the role of Pippin. So it was nice to see them, but when, when Andrew Martin, she essentially was, like, up on a trapeze, hanging upside down, singing, she got a full-on standing ovation in the middle of act one. Oh my god. And I my love, dad was sitting.
1: I love numbers, and like, things that, like, cause that to happen. They make me so happy.
0: She was, like, in her mid-to-late 60s, singing upside down on a trapeze. My dad goes, I was terrified I was gonna watch her die.
1: Mood. speaking of mid to late 60s and doing like physically demanding roles did you hear about Megan Mullally she's gonna be Reno Reno Sweeney Sweeney. on the west end yeah Yeah. I love that for her
0: yeah I I just love
1: her I think she's amazing I just think she's one of the greatest people ever her and Nick Offerman both I love them (laughs) love them
0: I I'm so excited like that's That's really exciting. Like, that's very interesting. And I'm excited to see clips of it.
1: Yes, because I can't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no way I'm going to England.
1: (laughs) I don't have enough money. I don't have any money.
0: Well, who knows? Maybe by the time Broadway reopens, or by the time things reopen, you will. (laughs) I doubt that. Oh, my God. I was talking to my cousin. She's three, my baby cousin. And I was just singing um, on the steps of the palace to her while she was eating. Like, oh, was is that what you were saying? Me? <laughs> I was purposely bothering her because she hates when I sing to her, which like, fair enough. And oh. <laughs> she she always goes, stop singing. And I'm like, fine. But so I was just singing on the steps of the palace. And she's like, stop singing. And I go, Ava, when... When Broadway reopens, you'll probably be old enough to go see a show by the time theater happens again. How, and I take you to a show, are you going to tell the performers to stop singing? You're just going to sit at your seat and yell, stop singing? And she goes, "Mm mm-hmm. And I go, well, that's not very nice
1: so funny because like she tells you to stop singing and you can actually sing and then like when I perform for like the kids I babysit and like my little cousins they love it and I'm like I have no talent I'm like I don't know why you're getting so excited about this I cannot sing but they just think it's really funny to see how long I can hold my breath in a note because I have amazing breath control and so (laughs) they'll be like they be like, do the go the distance, like ending note, because at the end of go the distance and the reprise from Hercules, it's like, this really, I don't even know how long it is. I can't even remember. It's like 16, 18 bars. I don't remember, but I can hold it out. I've been able to do that since I was a kid. That's like my one talent that I have <laughs> and it's holding out that. And then Journey to the Past, Anastasia, the Broadway Cast oh, that one's a big! No. I can hold that one too, and I'm very proud of that. Very I proud. have to,
0: I have to remember that it's happening. That that's yes. like, coming up because usually I forget what like how long notes are, and I just when I'm singing along with it, and then I'm just like, and I sound like old Principal Conske in Common. Yeah, old Principal Conske.
1: I can also do the last note in Almost There from Princess and the Frog. I love singing that song. That is one of the most fun songs to sing. Absolutely. So much fun.
0: That song is a perfect Disney song.
1: It is. It's so good. Princess and the Frog and Hercules have two of the best soundtracks ever.
0: And they're two that are vastly underrated.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: It's so, so annoying that people don't I watch Princess them.
1: and the Frog so much.
0: <laughs> I watch it all the time. It's a good show. Or it's a good movie. <laughs> it's like, outside right now, it's weirdly, I don't even know if it's gloomy. The sky just looks gray, and I don't know if it's just like, I don't know if it's just like a weird cloud covering or what, yeah. but it's 81 right now. Oh, well, it says 81 Partly Cloudy, so that That answers my question.
1: Currently here in Kentucky, because that's where I am at the moment, it is 61. It's been really nice. It was really nice to hear you yesterday.
0: I was looking at, like, random directors, because I was trying to figure out some of the shows I liked and seeing if other directors had multiple, um, multiple shows that I found absolutely interesting, and I was looking at George C. Wolfe. George C. Wolfe is from Kentucky. Is he? Where is He's from Frankfurt.
1: It's like 35 minutes from me.
0: And then he went to Pomona College, which is one of the Claremont colleges, which is somewhat near me. That's so funny. And then he went to, like, NYU after that. So. Naturally. Also, I love that George C. Wolfe is just, like, randomly in the Devil Wears Prada, the movie.
1: That is one of the greatest movies of all time. And I, <laughs> like, I... Anyone who's ever met me for more than maybe 10 minutes is aware of this. I have a weird obsession with The Devil Wears Prada. Um, And I think it's partly because it's, like, based on the, like, tell-all book about Anna Wintour. And I have a really weird thing for Anna Wintour. I just think that she's one of the most badass women on the entire planet. Sorry,
0: my phone started making sounds. So Anna Wintour...
1: Um, I'm, like, obsessed with her, and, like, I have a bag from the Camp collection at the Met that has her face on it, and it says Camp, like, on her sunglasses. It's, I use it, like, every day. It's, like, my school bag. Um, but I love the Double Wars Prada, and I was so upset that COVID interrupted the Double Wars Prada musical, like, in Chicago.
0: Well, wasn't it supposed to, it already had said, wait, we're, we're postponing a year yeah before COVID even happened so does that yeah. mean it was supposed to happen this summer or was it already supposed to happen next summer it
1: was supposed to have been this summer if I remember correctly
0: okay I could be that, wrong about that I love the casting of Beth level as oh my god yes oh as, my god. Um,
1: do you know who I really thing. do you know who I really wanted as um what's her face and halfway character Andy. Thank Andy. you. I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, I really wanted Samantha Massell as Andy. Okay. I just think she would have been amazing.
0: She was in Fiddler, mm-hmm. wasn't she? Yeah. Hmm. She's awesome. I don't know. Who, who, who did they cast as Andy? Did they oh cast God. Andy? I
1: don't even know if they got to that.
0: I just like the fact that, um, Beth Level was going to be playing the, um, the Meryl Streep character, like, how Meryl Streep is and playing most Lovel's character in yeah. the prom.
1: <laughs> I love that. That was so funny to me. Okay, so... Yeah. So, it was supposed to have been July 14th through August 16th,
0: 2020. Okay. Um, and we don't know when it's actually gonna happen.
1: No. Um, let's see the cast. Taylor Iman Jones is in it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's actually really... Okay. That's actually really good. I actually really like that. Um, Yeah, actually, that's amazing. She was in Head Over Heels and Scotland, PA. I'm into it. I'm into it. Okay. Now I'm even more excited about it. Oh, my God. Um, And I know you mentioned this on your TikTok, but I'm going to discuss it for a second. I am... Listen. I'm like, I'm like nervous. I'm like,
0: what are you going to talk about?
1: (laughs) So I commented on your TikTok about it because I was so upset with you. Um, I wanted a bombshell musical for years
0: I have wanted we progressed the part we progressed past the point of needing it we don't need it anymore but here's the thing five years ago five years ago yes Now. but here's
1: but here's my argument for it here's my reason so I'm a huge fan of Marilyn Monroe I've been obsessed with Marilyn Monroe for most of my life I spent so much of my life learning as much legitimate details about her as I possibly can um not just like the really bad Marilyn Monroe movies that are made because none of them are genuinely accurate, in my opinion. My Week like, of Marilyn. Oh. Oh, it makes me so mad, Kitty. It makes me want to explode. Why? It is not good. It's not good. I don't like that movie. I think it is, I just, I don't like it. I don't like that they always cast Marilyn as skinny women who, like, skinny in our sense, like, in societal sense now.
0: As what 2020, Skinny.
1: Yes. I don't like that because she was average. Marilyn Monroe was an average body woman. Like she looked like anybody else, not model skinny, not actress skinny. She was curvy. She had boobs. She had hips. She had an ass. And I wanted, I want more actresses that look like that playing her. Because otherwise, it's inaccurate. Otherwise, I don't see the point in doing it. Which is why, when you brought up how that never made sense to you in the show, how it was just like, oh, let's bring in Karen Cartwright. And, like, why was it ever between the two? I agree with that. That makes me so mad. And it's not even just my disdain for Kat McPhee that I've had for years. I need to put that out there. I have never liked her. Um, But it's like... She's Megan Hilty is Marilyn Monroe <laughs> like I swear to you. And the fact that she played Marilyn's character in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes the musical. Mm-hmm. That's like that's all I've ever wanted is Bombshell the musical with Megan Hilty as Marilyn. And I have always wanted Aaron Tveit to either play JFK or Joe DiMaggio. I've always wanted that too. I think he'd be better as JFK because he looks like a Kennedy. And then I've always wanted Will Chase as Joe DiMaggio. I just, I want (laughs) bombshells so bad because I want a realistic Marilyn something. I want something that portrays her the way that she deserves to be shown. I want something that shows the horrendous acts that these men did to her. I want, like, I want that for her. And I think it's so ridiculous that we're getting smashed the musical for what reason yeah that's weird for we what don't... reason
0: you just make a third season of why? the
1: show <laughs> just make a third season of the show oh my god! like i it makes me so angry but i also just want a third season of the show because unpopular opinion i am such a whore for jack davenport i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain it. I think it dates back to like Pirates of the Caribbean because he was in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie and I had such a thing for those movies when I was a kid and oh I think God. that's what it goes back to <laughs> but like I
0: you're like mm, so embarrassing. who is the one I want the mean <laughs> british director who's just an asshole the entire time you know that's have a who thing I want
1: villains though you know I have a thing for villains though Ugh. I love a villain and I love like a bad guy because I'm always like there is just like so many interesting things that go into these people but like I don't know what it was but when I was watching smash that was like one of my favorite people to watch I was, like, so interested in him because I was, like, this is just, like, so, I don't, like, there's just something very real about it. Like, that's, like, the one- It was. A a very realistic aspect of that show, and I think that that was really interesting.
0: His, like, no bullshit, like, no nonsense. He was kind of-
1: I feel like he was partly based on Fosse. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like he was partially based around Fosse. Maybe. Because he was director-choreographer, which- so is Bob Fosse, and he was a very aggressive man who took no bullshit, which Bob Fosse, like, I just feel like so much of it was the same.
0: Yeah.
1: That's another director that I love, Bob Fosse.
0: Bob Fosse,
1: yeah, you know what? Fair. If you never watched Chicago,
0: Pippin, Chicago, Pippin, Sweet Charity, Damn Yankees.
1: Damn Yankees is one of my favorite musicals. I love Damn Yankees. Love it.
0: Whatever Lola wants,
1: Lola gets. <laughs> is, I is want Yankees... a damn Yankees revival with Robin Herter as Lola, and I know that Robin Herter wants one too. So I think that it needs to happen.
0: In my head, yeah. Okay. In my head, I whenever I hear that song, I think of Sofia Vergara because I'm pretty sure Sofia Vergara did like a commercial for it. Must have been Pepsi because I'm imagining her in a blue dress. And it was, that was the song that was playing in the background. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to find that. Uh, and this, uh, when I tell you this was years ago, I mean, ye- like, ten years ago.
1: Oh, okay. Then, yeah, that's probably why I don't, I don't remember what happened <laughs> yesterday, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I always, for whatever reason, just remember when um, show tunes are used in in commercials, like yeah. that Van Allen commercial that used putting it together.
1: Yeah. Um, My favorite thing on the planet is like my sister, she texted me one day. My sister is not, does not like musicals. And she's dating a guy who does not like musicals. And it's like, it's so funny because she texted me one day. This was like a year and a half ago. This was a while ago. And she texted me and she was like, Evan just walked in singing a song. And I think you probably would know what it is. And so she sent me the lyrics. It was, I feel pretty from West Side Story. And which gets used all the time.
0: They are currently using it for, like, a Wendy's commercial. Didn't I text you that the other day? Yes, you did. Oh, my God. And, like, it was so funny
1: because she was, like, he kept singing it. And I was, like, Jilly knows this song. I know she does. And so, like, she texted me about it. I was, like, that's literally from West Side Story. I was, like, why is he singing that? And she was, like, I don't know. He saw it in, like, a commercial or something. And I was, like, because they're always using it in commercials and other movies and, like, TV shows. They're always using I Feel Pretty. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: oh, my gosh. Anyway, Bob Fosse, yes, drafted Damn Yankees, whatever Lola wants. And every time I think of that song, I think of Sophia Vergara because yes. i watched that commercial too many times as a kid.
1: Yes. My favorite thing is um, Robin Herder did a Instagram live. It was like a eight minute Instagram live. It was super short, but it was like she was making Long Island iced Teas listening to Damn Yankees to celebrate Joe and Kamala winning. <laughs> And it was so good. Oh, it was amazing. And I was like, girl, this is my entire brand.
0: (laughs) You're like, none of this connects to each other.
1: But it's my brand.
0: But it works. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) I've said it a million times. And I've told Robin this, like, at least three or four times in, like, Instagram DMs or whatever. I've told her, I'm like, I feel like if I was, like, a few years older, we would be in the same circle. (laughs) It's like, I just feel... (laughs) Like we would absolutely just hang out all the time because I feel like we are kindred spirits. Like I I feel like we would definitely get along. And she was like, she told me that she's planning when Broadway reopens and it's safe to do this. She's going to do a giant Barnini where everyone's invited. Anyone can come. Like it's going to be like this huge thing. And I was like, I will be there. 1000% I will be there because that sounds like uh, so much fun.
0: Okay, so I feel like now we should go through the answers that we got on social media when this question was posed to them. Uh, no. Who are their favorite theatrical directors? So on TikTok, bradyluo 6 said, Casey Nicola. he has such a fun style of directing that brings so much life to the stage, and then three emoji heart faces, which I must- I must agree with Casey Nicola has such a distinct style. He is very much. This is Broadway. Yeah, and I am here for it. Obsessed, because like you think, Aladdin and Something Rotten and Book of Mm -hmm. Mormon and The Prom and Mean Girls—they all have that over the top. This is a Casey Nicola show. Yes, and I love it. It's very much. It's it's very dance heavy. There's a lot of group numbers.
1: I love a dance it's number. So energetic and a number. I love it.
0: So energetic it is. Casey Nicola, amazing. We love it.
1: Yes. Okay. Um,
0: next
1: one. Um, Emily, the theater kid on TikTok, said Michael Mayer. Who is that?
0: Michael Mayer did. Um, he did American Idiot. Oh, okay. And what else? Let's see. Michael Mayer. I'm not as, like,
1: in tune with directors as I am with, like, choreographers and things like that. Okay,
0: so Broadway. Direction of Spring Awakening, 2006. And then Thoroughly Modern Millie. Good. And Very different. (laughs) Very, two very different feels, absolutely. And then he also did American Idiot. And then Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Okay,
1: so he's very diverse. He's a very, like, he's got range.
0: Yeah. I feel I like Spring there. Awakening, Hedwig, and American Idiot feel kind of similar. Millie is a oh, yeah. random offshoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Millie is just like, here's a fun musical we're going to yes. do. <laughs> <laughs> With tap routines, like-
1: which is, like, my favorite thing on the planet. I love tap.
0: Which, like, we love. We love when people nice. show their range. But I like when yes. directors have feel. Like, have, have distinct feels. Yes. Um, what else has he done? Oh, and he did bit, uh, Head Over Heels. Okay. Yes. Oh, I and love American Head Over I- Heels. I feel like I... Did I already say American Idiot? Yeah. Yeah. And then he did the 2019 Off-Broadway Little Shop. Oh, okay. Okay, Which, yeah. again, feels very much okay. in that same vein. Yeah. American Idiot. Uh, Spring Awakening, Hedwig, yeah, yeah. that all makes sense, yeah, okay, that makes sense, good for him, and then Honey, I'm Gay said, Hell Prince, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Hell Prince, which, Hell Prince, is... Hell Prince
1: as,
0: uh, yeah, Un- no uncontested,
1: words. I have no words, <laughs> I just, like, I can't, I can't, um, the next one, at underscore, KJS, underscore, underscore i guess um I this is one so. of mine as well this is one of mine as well michael grief um so rent, i always thought it was right? it's grief i misread it. hi i'm exhausted once again um rent dear evan hansen and next to normal i absolutely agree with this because rent and next to mm-hmm. normal are just yeah i have yeah. my own feelings about dear Evan hansen but that's neither here nor there i think it's objectively speaking good musical so yeah
0: Absolutely. I and think. then uh, Piper It Up says Michael Arden, which we've already discussed. <laughs> and How much we love Michael Arden.
1: Yes. And Catherine the Great says Rachel Chapkin, which already discussed.
0: Okay. And then Erica underscore Parks says Casey Nicola and Christopher Ashley. We already talked about Casey, uh, Casey Nicola. Christopher Ashley, yes. 100% yes he directed come from away okay he directed memphis he directed diana so he christopher ashley is the artistic director for the la jolla playhouse which i love la jolla um la jolla is about two hours south of me but i've seen a couple shows there christopher ashley directs most if not all of the new stuff that comes out of La Jolla sometimes shows will go to La Jolla and they already have a director Mm -hmm. but La Jolla is one of those regional theaters that I always keep my eye on because so much good stuff comes out of La Jolla Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde came out of La Jolla Come From Away out of La Jolla I think Memphis came out of La Jolla um yep Memphis and it's, it is one of the, <laughs> Escape to Margaritaville came out of La Jolla. <laughs> yep. I always forget about Escape to Margaritaville. I'm so,
1: I honestly, I really do regret not seeing that show because I almost did, and I really regret not doing it because I feel like I would have had fun. <laughs> the,
0: the tour of Escape to Margaritaville came through my work. It was the last this is, this is a weird way for me to phrase this. It was the last new show I saw before COVID. Okay. Because I saw it at the beginning of February, and then at the end of February, I saw Book of Mormon, but I've already seen Book of Mormon a couple times. Um, so Escape to Margaritaville was the last, like, n- like first show, first time I saw a show. Escape to Margaritaville is one of those shows where I have no idea yeah. who thought this was a good idea, and it wasn't a good idea. Hey. And nobody thought it was a good idea. Okay. And, and then Buffett it. It's fun. It got it got absolutely trashed in the reviews. Wasn't Alison
1: Luff in Escape yep. to
0: Margarita Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was.
1: I love Alison Luff. She was and, one of my Jennas I saw and I love her. And the so guy much. from
0: and the guy from um Bright Star, what's his name? Uh Paul Alexander Nolan. Um, Paula Alexander mm-hmm. Mullen. Uh, anyway, Escape to Margaret very bad. Like the middle 20 minutes, the <laughs> middle like the middle 20 minutes of Escape from Mar- of Act Two, of Escape to Margaret Readaville. I literally was sitting there next to my friend and going, I need this to end. Like this needs to end, <laughs> right? I wanted to pull my hair out. It oh, was no. excruciatingly awful. The dancing oh, was fun though. Uh, anyway, Christopher Ashley, I yeah, agree. He's I a great. Actor. That. <laughs> He's a great director. Um,
1: um, really okay. Sh- Chance like fish eighty eight said Tina Fey. I don't.
0: Tina Fey isn't a director. But Mean Girls was directed by Casey Nicola. <laughs> and then yeah. A Garvin three six five. The director of The Lion King on Broadway, Julie Taymor.
1: Julie like Taymor Tam- is amazing.
0: Julie Timor yeah. pretty much, she does a lot of opera direction, doesn't mm-hmm. she? Yeah, and then she I love an opera. King, and then she has The Lion King, and she has Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, and yeah, and then she also did, um, she's great. She did the 2017 production of M. Butterfly, which I saw, and I thought that was great. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And then, and then <coughs> um, <laughs> it's I, I love Hamilton a, a lot too much, a lot too much, a lot too much.
1: Yeah, well, Miranda yeah. again,
0: not a director, not a director, <laughs> <laughs> not a director. But we love um, the energy, we love the energy. Let's keep it up. And then on our Instagram, we have. Uh, at Marcy Darcy, Marcy underscore Darcy, she commented, Michael Arden, duh. Which, yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: We've talked about
0: this. I, again, could talk about Michael Arden for forever and a day, and still not have said enough words.
1: Yep. Who did, hold on, one moment. Didn't Robert De Niro direct A Bronx Tale?
0: He, like, I think he and, like,
1: Jerry Zax co-directed it. Let's see. Because I love A Bronx Tale. Why do I not have service all of a sudden? That's odd. One moment. Okay, yeah, it was...
0: Right? It's De Niro and Zax?
1: The musical is co-directed, yeah, co-directed by Robert Nero and Jerry Zax, yeah. I don't
0: know how Which I pulled I... that out of my head.
1: I don't know either, but I just, I don't know, I love A Bronx Tale. That's just the tea. I just I love a box show. It is just like the music, the cast, the story. I just I love it.
0: I don't know it. That's I like think you show. might like it. I think It you was might. the show it was the show at my work that we were doing when we shut down. Yeah. We got two performances in and then
1: I I haven't seen it like in person. I've seen like clips of it but I listen to it all the time because I love the cast and the cast recording is so good. And it's like, I mean, it's like Bobby Conn Thornton, Ariana DeBose, Nick Cordero, like, um, there's like a couple of kid. there's a kid in it. So I don't know if you would like the beginning, but the kid's only in it for like a little bit of the beginning of the musical. But other than that, I think you might enjoy it. I don't know.
0: Maybe. My dad likes music. the
1: movie. Yeah, I've seen the movie too. The movie's really good. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, we'll see. I love anything Robert De Niro though, I'm gonna be honest.
0: So yeah, I mean, I feel like we've talked about a lot of directors. What's coming up next week, Joe? What are we talking about next week? Next week, um. I feel like we came up with a plan. Oh, next week we're gonna talk about oh, the Thanksgiving Day parade. Yes. Which is exciting, which as you're listening to it, this comes out Monday, you'll see the parade on Thursday, and then on Monday you'll have a recap of it. How exciting. How exciting. All right. Uh, Jill, where can people find us on the internet?
1: On Instagram and TikTok, we are at Thoughts Shared Podcast. On Twitter, we are thoughts shared underscore it took me a second because our twitter is not like super i'm not good at twitter twitter stresses me out um and then yeah and then personal my personal is at it's jill hayes on all
0: platforms and then my personal is uh follow me on instagram at complete katie and on tiktok at katiefornia. yes so until next week yeah Goodbye. I forgot what the words. I, saw- <laughs> I forgot the word goodbye. I'm like until next week. We and then I stuttered <laughs> and then my brain my brain buffered and said, "All right, <laughs> present mm-hmm. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye." <laughs>